Patreon.org podcast coming your way. This is episode 349. the Q&A episode. We have five great topics. Steve Smee here. And helping me out today is, as usual, the Mr. Rick is in the house. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. Uh, so, guys, listen. Let's hit it. Five awesome topics that you guys sent in or that we got off the form. So, the first one is running steroids aggressively. So, what does this mean, running steroids aggressively? To me, that means, Rick, stacking a bunch of things together. That can also mean a lot of dosage of things. So to me, let's say we're taking testosterone, for example. I think if you run over a gram, that's an aggressive steroid. If you run at least three compounds at moderate dosage or more, that's an aggressive, uh, that's an aggressive cycle. So we're seeing a trend away from this recently, in my opinion, um, because a lot of guys are noticing that running these aggressive cycles is not the smartest thing to do. They're noticing that they're not getting the results versus the side effects. They're noticing a lot of things. And it just boggles the mind to imagine how much damage these people are doing when they run these two, three gram a week cycles. Um, you know, they're spending a lot of money on the cycles. That's one thing too, but I can't imagine the damage they're doing on their organs. So you have to kind of just question this type of thing. And you're seeing a trend. A lot of these guys that have been running these aggressive cycles past few years, they've been dropping dead or they've been feigning or stuff like this. And we're starting to see a trend away from it. I think, I think people are realizing that it makes more sense to run these steroids efficiently run them smart than to just run a crap ton of steroids. What do you think? Have you seen that trend too? Or am I uh, off on that? Well, we've been saying it on the podcast for years. Uh, This is something you and I have been saying for, for a while and we're not the only ones there. There's a lot of people out there telling guys, asking guys to be more conservative, bring it back to basics, diet, training, different diet programs, harder training, you know, just let's bring it back to basics. Let's uh, take focus away from the chemistry for a while. We've said it a bunch of times. If you're a competitor, you're working with a coach and the focus of your day is around your physique, how you feel, how you look, the date you have to look a certain way by, that's a different story. But if you're just doing some steroids, doing some performance enhancing drugs just to help your progress along a little bit, but you've got other concerns in life, in your job, in your career, your family, where you don't have a full-time coach, where you're not trying to look a certain way by a certain date, then no need to be aggressive. Play it as conservatively as you possibly can. Low dosages. You don't need a bunch of compounds. If you're out to experiment on yourself, and some of us are, do it in moderation. You know, do it, do it in moderation. But just don't no need no need for, for these high dosages. No need to take a bunch of compounds together. If you're just trying to to look good, just maintain a nice good look where you're never embarrassed to take your shirt off. Just work on that consistency, consistency in diet and training, and let the chemistry just be a little bit of help. But, but focus on consistency first. And uh, 
just being consistent will allow you to look good year-round. And then you don't have to be out of shape and then do a bunch of drugs to get you back into shape quickly, like I see a lot of guys doing when they, by the time they get around to contacting me. So um, I don't believe in a, the aggressive approach. Conservative is best. And that's the way to go, man. Blood work doesn't lie. I've seen enough blood work in my day. Probably more blood work, Rick, than anybody. You know, because, yeah, doctors look a lot of blood work, but doctors are seeing blood work usually from guys doing TRT. You're not seeing blood work from people abusing steroids like I do. So I've seen thousands and thousands of blood work. I actually have a thread on Evo. If you go to evolution.org, look at my signature, Steve SMI. I have a link to a thread for blood work that you can actually post your blood work, and I'll actually analyze it completely free. Now, if you want to get in contact with me and how to do it privately, I can look over your blood work. We can go over your blood work. Um, I do consultations for that, but I've looked at over the years, thousands of blood work, either through my consultations or from guys posting on the forums and guys, it's true. I mean, if you abuse steroids, your heart, your heart health goes to shit. Your liver health goes, goes down. Your cholesterol levels are way off when you run steroids, way off. I've seen cholesterol levels like 250, 300 even for people who've run uh, steroids. I've seen liver values five, 10 times where they should be from using steroids. So it's really nothing to joke around about. And the problem is a lot of people don't run blood work to see this. If they were to run blood work, it would freak them out what they saw. But because people want to stay ignorant, you know, they won't see. And I've interviewed Boston Lloyd a few times and he told me, he told me straight up on the podcast. He said, he's like, you know what? I don't run blood work when I'm on cycle. Cause I don't want to see, I don't want to see the damage. So, and he admits it. Yeah. I'm, I'm ignorant to it. Cause I don't want to see the damage that I'm doing. So, you know, if more people ran blood work, they would kind of be shocked at what, what these steroids can do for you, but you have to cycle them properly. If you cycle them properly, you come off properly, you can do this in a healthy way. I mean, we're seeing Arnold, Frank Zane, Arnold, these guys are still alive and well. But then you have other bodybuilders who died way, way too young, who didn't do, do it the smart way. So, I mean, it's up to you. Do you want to live a long, healthy life or do you want to be dead by the time you're 45? Completely up to you. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to run tons of steroids. You don't need to have run aggressive cycles to be successful at this. All right. So you want to add anything else, Rick, before we move on to the second topic? I think we've said it every, in every yeah. podcast, we'll be very consistent. Let's just be uh, conservative and focus on the diet, the training and the consistency of things. You know, we're consistent being on being here for you guys twice a week. You guys be consistent in the gym and with your diet and with your training. It's all about consistency. We'll keep you informed and we'll keep you up to date. So do it. The next one is going to be hair loss from steroids. It kind of ties into the first topic. This person wants to know why does it happen and which steroids do it. So I'm going to kind of go over my thoughts on this. Um, and then I'm going to let Rick in this pretty quickly because he's had a lot of hair loss um i don't think he has hair so anymore do you rick or are you completely bald do you just shave it or is it just bald 
I got stubble. I got good stubble. Uh, when I was about 24, 25 on one of my trembolone cycles, I got a, a little bit of a really light, light spot at the crown. And it was just time. Took it all off. And I've had not nice, good stubble since then. I just keep it really low, really short, nice-shaped head, and that's it. But if you let it grow, it won't grow. It won't grow back. Well, it'll, it'll grow enough, but I, I'll keep that crown back there, so it's stupid to let it get any longer. Yeah. Than, you know, okay. old days old. Because I still, I still have a, a light crown back there. Yeah, so, so basically, guys – I have I have a full head of hair. I actually like trim it down a lot because it's it's um, you know I don't like to have too much hair, um, especially uh, unless I'm single. If I'm single, I'll grow out my hair because chicks love love hair. Like a lot of chicks love hair. Some 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 chicks don't, but most chicks I think do like hair. It makes you look younger, so that's a good thing. Um, so you know the way I've kept my hair. Number one, genetics. Rick doesn't have good genetics for hair. I have better genetics, number one. Number two, I didn't start using steroids as young as Rick. And number three, Rick obviously has probably ran more aggressive cycles than I have. Um, I've ran some aggressive cycles. I've ran Trend. I've ran Winstrol, which are the worst for hair loss. But I haven't run them for long periods of time. Um, so the longest I've run Trend or Winstrol was eight weeks. So that's one of the keys. Like keep your cycles short. Keep them conservative. Don't run the more worse steroids for hair loss, the trend, the wind stroll, running them together, really, really bad idea. Um, and then, yeah, just hope that your genetics are good. And then Rick has a product called N2 Shampoo, which, you know, I use myself and it really, really helps keep my scalp nice and moisturized. It keeps, keeps, you know, keeps my hair thick. Rick's going to talk about that in a second, but you know, what causes the hair loss from these steroids, guys? It's very simple. When you put these steroids in your body, they will convert, metabolize, aroma, whatever you want to call the term, but it will turn into DHT, dihydrotestosterone in the body. So that dihydrotestosterone, which we want in our body, but we don't want it too high because when it gets too high, it'll do a lot of bad things. Um, the two main offenders that we notice that a high DHT level will do is they'll fry your head hair follicles that will cause your hair to fall out, obviously. And then the second one is it's going to fuck with your prostate, enlarge your prostate. So you may notice on cycle, you're losing your hair and you're having a tough time uh, peeing, urinating. It maybe hurts when you urinate, you, you know, um, something going on down there. So that's an enlarged prostate. Those aren't good things. So what doctors will do with people for both hair loss and enlarged prostate, they'll give people DHT blockers. Sounds like a good idea, right? But the problem with that is, number one, is that it's not going to help you with a lot of steroids because if a steroid is a DHT derivative, that DHT blocker is blocking the conversion to DHT. So if it's a DHT derivative, it's not going to help you with that. Because it's not, there's no conversion going on in the body. So, so you're already getting the DHT one way or the other. So you're just going to take it for nothing. Number two, blocking your DHT that your body is converting is not a good idea because we need DHT in our body. So a lot of people have something called post-finasteride syndrome, which if you Google it, you'll, you'll see a lot of horror stories. And they'll basically, you know, it'll screw up their libido, screw up their erection, screw up their sex life 
for years and sometimes it can be permanent. So I really encourage people to not take finasteride or dutasteride. And if you are taking them, I would encourage you to maybe do some research on it and consider not taking it. I don't want any of my clients taking them. I would rather them, you know, go bald. I don't care. I don't want them taking either drug. So that's, that's my opinion. I, that's what I tell my clients to do. So Rick, tell us about your opinion on this and also tell us about your product that you have. Yeah. So like we were saying, uh, around 24, <clears throat> 25 years old is when I started to, to notice that crown. And I just took my hair off pretty quickly. I, I didn't, I didn't sit, try to sit there and hang on to, to some threads there the way maybe Steve is a little bit right now. I just, you know, when I saw that it just wasn't a full head of hair, just got rid of it completely. Um, and around 30 something is when, when I was about 32, 33 years old when Enter Shampoo uh, came out and I've been using it. Uh, it's really helped me maintain my stubble. I, I used to lose just a little bit uh, of stubble uh, every year after year, ever since it, I started shaving my hair and it really just taking the Antu shampoo has stopped. Now the science behind the two shampoo is pretty simple. The caffeine in the product is meant to block out the androgens from your, uh, from the receptors on your scalp. As we've discussed on the podcast before, you have androgen receptors in many, many different cells in your body. Every, not just the muscle cells, there's androgen receptors in the cells that make up your skin. And, and, the, and the cells that make up the hair follicle. So when you, so, um, when you have high levels of androgens and they're uh, attaching to these, to these cells in the hair, they, the cells in the hair don't rejuvenate. They don't take in all, all the proper nutrients. So they begin to die out. Using something like caffeine topically, you know, if you drink the caffeine, if you're, if you're ingesting it, it just doesn't have the same effect. Using it on the skin. It's the way to go when if you're trying to just block uh, the androgens from uh, making you shed any more hair. And we get a lot of uh, guys writing us back asking about the product. Uh, when, you know, whenever we've, we've been out of stock in it uh, a couple of times throughout the years because of one reason or, or another. And people really come out and say, hey, I, I need my, my into shampoo. The product, at least for me and many other guys that have tried it, has really, really helped us kind of hold on to that hair we, we do still have, uh, you know, cycle after cycle. So uh, I recommend that any, any of you guys out there, n, the number two, shampoo.com, go to that URL and it'll uh, send you to somewhere where you can purchase into shampoo from me. It's a great, great product for anybody using steroids. And you guys are definitely going to, to thank me for letting you know about it. All right, guys. So next one is fooling a doctor and giving me TRT. So this sounds like a, Ridiculous question. I think most forums would probably flame a person for even asking this, but it's not a, it's not a stupid question at all. And, um, you know, none, there's never a stupid question. Like, I don't believe in that anyway. But, you know, here, here's the, the premise behind this. Let's say you want to get on TRT. You want to do it the legal way. You want a prescription for it. This will allow you to travel with it. This will allow you to not be scared. Um, to have it in your house, you know, if your wife finds it, or your girlfriend finds it, your boyfriend finds it, whatever, you can be like, hey, yeah, don't worry. Um, yes, I inject this once a week. I have a prescription for it. It's through a doctor. It's safe, blah, blah, blah. So um, the, the, the thing is, though, a lot of doctors out there um, these days, it's not so much the case, but over the years, 
they haven't been in, uh, willing to prescribe TRT to, to people. Now it's really, really easy. You just go to a, uh, you know, you find a doctor, you just keep going to different doctors until one will, or you go to an anti-aging clinic, which are very, very uh, more, you know, more expensive. So, you know, how do you get a script for it? Let's say your testosterone levels are 300 and you want to go on TRT because you want your testosterone levels to be higher. Um, you know, so there's not really a number that your testosterone level should be, but it's somewhere around between 350, maybe 300, 350 at the low up to 950 is the range. So, you know, let's say you're only at 300, 350 at the bottom end of the range. You want to get it up. You want to get it to six, seven, 800. Um, the doctor may not be willing to prescribe it for you because your number is still within range, even though it's at the bottom of the range. So how do you fool a doctor and to get into thinking that you have low testosterone in a situation like that? Or, you know, even if your testosterone levels are higher than that, let's say you just want a script for it, you know, just to have. So this is, this is, uh, this is what I would do. I would, if you're using testosterone, using a nandrolone, DECA, DECA or MPP, it's going to cause your testosterone levels to, to be higher in, a, in blood work. It's going gonna, it's gonna to show that. Now, if you run trend, it's going to show as estrogen in your blood work. There's something in the trend that sometimes causes your estrogen levels to be sky high. So you can't use DECA. You can't use TESS. You can't use MPP. You can't use trend because that's too obvious. The doctor is going to, it's going to flag the doctor. So you want to maybe, I would use maybe some EQ, some Primo, something like, some like, like those would be a good one to use because those will be easy on your liver. They're not going to be as harsh on your liver as an oral that's uh, 19 alpha alkylated, 17 alpha alkylated. And then they're going to just basically shut you down. They're going to cause your LH and FSH to drop and cause your total testosterone levels to drop. So that's going to probably be, be your best bet if you want to kind of trick the doctor. That's, that's what I would do. Rick, uh, what do you have on the subject? All right. So, yeah. So if you go to a regular run of the mill family doctor, if you go to your regular doctor, uh, you will have to play some of these games, fool him, all of this stuff. But if you just go to a hormone replacement therapy doctor, a doctor that specializes in hormone replacement therapy, then you don't have to play all these games. You'll get blood tests, but you're not going to be prescribed based on your tests. You're going to, you're going to be prescribed based on your symptoms, on how you feel. So, for example, if you've got that net lag, nagging injury on a joint that just continues to bother you day after day, uh, Nandrolone has been an acceptable uh, treatment for something like that. If, that. if you're experiencing some of that bone pain, some deep bone pain after your workouts, after cardio, during cardio, uh, some of that could be signs of maybe uh, osteoporosis or other kind of uh, bone issues. And Anavar has been known to alleviate that. Same thing if you're suffering from muscle weakness. If you are uh, suffering muscle weakness when you're, during your workouts, you're just not, your muscles are weak, you're losing strength. Anavar could be an acceptable uh, treatment. Um, if you're not feeling great, no libido, depressed, maybe you started using testosterone yourself on your own. And then when you give the doctor your test, your test levels are sky high. 
he can prescribe something, some test to help you maintain and, and not go into a deep suppression, deep depression, because you're coming off, even if you did it to yourself. Look, uh, people addicted to, to heroin, they, they get methadone for years. They're not being asked to, to go through withdrawal. They're given other drugs to, to pacify them, um, you know, even if they did it to themselves. So hormone replacement therapy, some of those principles do also apply. So if you get with a good hormone replacement therapy doctor and you have the symptoms, regardless of what your blood tests say, you should get treatment. You know, you should get treatment. Uh, telemed is a real thing where you can actually see a doctor via Skype, Zoom, whatever the doctor has, and be prescribed. It's in, it's in the books. It's in the laws. Some doctors can telemed with patients across state lines. They can get special licensing to do that. And they can prescribe you and check out your, you know, you'll email them your blood work and talk to them about your symptoms. And that's usually the best way to go. If you're looking to get some hormone replacement therapy to help you deal with some of those symptoms that you're feeling, those, those nagging injuries, that bone pain, that muscle weakness, that loss in libido, loss in, in drive, maybe feeling a little bit, a little bit depressed, a little bit down because you your testosterone was sky high during your cycle, and now you've your testosterone is it, is dipping, it's on its way down uh, because you're not injecting uh, illegal testosterone anymore. You feel like shit. You can be treated, and the right doctor who understands understands these issues who's a, a specialist in, in hormone replacement therapy and understands the laws and, and everything that's and everything pertinent to the issue, he'll be likely to to work with you and prescribe. So in my my opinion is rather than rather than go uh, and try to to work with your regular guy, maybe find a doctor who's a specialist in hormone replacement therapy and, and go at it that way. Yeah, and you got to find a good one. Um, I'm not a fan of these anti-aging clinics because they're for profit, way too much for profit. So what I'm noticing is a lot of clients coming to me who've been prescribed, they've been put on a high dosage of TRT. So the, then they put them on an AI. Then they put them on finasteride. Then they put them on peptides. They put them on this. They put them on that drug. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They just put them on as many drugs as they can just to run up the bill, just to run up the bill on their insurance company, just to run up the bill on them. And there's some anti-aging clinic that charge like a monthly fee, two, $300 a month, $400 a month, whatever, which is absurd because this stuff doesn't cost that much. <laughs> if you're getting it on TRT, a vial of testosterone costs you 60 bucks. And that vial of testosterone will last you months on a TRT dose, a proper TRT dose. So just be careful what they put you on guys. And, and I wouldn't sign up for any of these anti-aging clinics. If they have like a monthly recurring subscription that they put you on, I would not sign up for that. You want to basically, I would, I would go with someone who's not trying to grift you out of your money. So just be careful with that. That's a big trend that I'm seeing these days. And it's really, really disturbing because it's screwing up a lot of people. I mean, a lot of clients come to me who are really, really screwed up because these anti-aging clinics, you know, they're, they don't care about you. They care about making money off of you. That's all. You're just 
you're just the way for them to pay for their yacht and their kids' college fund. You know what I'm saying? So you, you really got to find a good one. You really have to. So, Rick, if you find a good one, you can um, let people know, right? Well, everybody's out to, to make some kind of money. Uh, as long as the clinics are doing what they say they're supposed to be doing, meaning your medications are being compounded by, le by legit pharmacy, licensed pharmacy, and as long as the doctors are legal and licensed and all these things are, are good to go, man, you should be, you should be just fine. Now, um, I don't, I'm very careful with dealing with things in the underground, especially we have this podcast. I don't want to have issues and be made an example of maybe, unfortunately it, it could happen. So I do everything hundred percent legal. I'm working with a, a doctor right now to, for my prescription with a, a clinic and I don't know if that'll change. I don't know if I'll keep using the, these guys or if I'll move on. But uh, if you hit me up on social, if you email me, uh, rickyvrock at gmail, R-I-C-K-Y-V-R-O-C-K at gmail, or you go to rickyvrock.com, that'll send you right to my social. You hit me up. I, mean, I might tell you who I'm using today. You know, Just, I might tell you who I'm using today, but that could change uh, because, yeah, you have, to, you have to be on the lookout. The main concern, everybody out there is, make sure you medicate being made in a, in a legal in a legal pharmacy, you know, that's, that's, that should be your main concern when it comes to, to these, uh, to these uh, compounding pharmacies and, and these uh, clinics is that make sure that when you actually get your meds, they're coming from, from the proper place as long. And as long as that's, that's on the up and up, as long as that's fine, you know, the doctor, yeah, that, that's, that should be your main concern. I think that is a, when you're looking for where to go, and for where to buy your stuff from. You don't want anybody that's going to have your stuff made illegally underground to to cut corners to make extra on you, which you know could could very well happen. That that should be the main concern for everybody. Once you have your script and it's legal, make sure that it's made in a proper place um, that's licensed and you're getting good American-made anabolics that are gonna work the way they should work. All right, so next one, bring Rick in early on this. Uh, chicken, the most consumed meat in America. Um, you know, if I'm wrong on that, I apologize, but that's pretty much what I've been reading. So the problem with chicken is it can get very, very boring. It can get dry. Um, so we're going to help you guys out. We're going to give you some recipes that can kind of spice up your chicken healthy uh, because you don't want to go and uh, stop at the grocery store or whatever on your way home from work and grab one of their rotisserie chickens that are smothered in hydrogenated oils and other garbage and eat that because that's not healthy. That's not going to work. That's going to just upset your stomach and make you feel like crap, right? So we want to make you give you some healthy recipes that you guys can hit so, Rick, do you want to go first? Give them a healthy recipe, and I got one right after you. Oh, chicken can be done in so many, so many ways. Uh, one thing I like to do is just take ground chicken, uh, throw it, in, throw coconut oil in a pan first, and throw some ground chicken in there, uh, get it cooking, get it nice and going. And then I'll either make a, a chili, you know, and, and have it with uh, – with some lettuce wraps or uh, if I have a good seed bread, good whole, good 
whole grain bread. Then I'll throw some peanut butter powder on top of that chicken, along with the coconut oil, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. And it's just a great kind of a, a peanut ground chicken that you could have on bread. It's incredible. It's just two real quick, quick recipes. And as far as making a chili with it, just grab some of that salsa. You can find that in or make your own salsa, but just grab some some of that salsa. It could be tostito salsa. It's not a, it's not high calories at all. You'll you'll also just look at the macros. Very long calories, a bunch of tomatoes and and onions and and chili and preserved stuff in there. And once your chicken is cooking out, just throw it on top of it. Mild, hot, medium, whatever you want it to be. If you want to spice it a little more, throw a couple of your own spices on there. and You're fine. Make a, a nice uh, a chili with uh, ground chicken or ground chicken, coconut oil, powdered peanut, peanut butter. If you want to put in whole peanut butter, it's fine. Uh, right on a whole wheat bread. That's you know whole grain bread. That, that's some good eating. All right, guys. So, um, listen, first of all, with chicken, you want to make sure you get good quality chicken, okay? Um, at least step two chicken, uh, hormone-free, steroid-free, chickens that were humanely raised, happy chickens, chickens that were out in the sun, chickens that were pecking around, eating seeds off the ground, eating worms, eating bugs. Those are the, those are the chick chickens you want to be eating. So, what you could do, guys, invest in an air fryer. An air fryer, you can make a rotisserie yourself in an air fryer, and you can set it. It'll spin it. It'll cook it. Tastes amazing. You don't even, you don't even need to take much work in it. But I'm going to give you a marinade that you can use, whether it's in a pan, it's in the oven, it's in the air fryer. So black pepper, Himalayan pink salt, unrefined, cold-pressed, organic coconut oil, smoked paprika, and the last thing on the list is lime or lemon. Um, I prefer using a lemon with chicken. You don't want, maybe the lime would be a little too intense, so a lemon will work, one or two lemons. Get it all together, mix it all up, and you probably get away with a quarter teaspoon of the salt, the pepper, and then you can do a little more with the paprika, maybe half a teaspoon. I like I like paprika, so I'll do a little more with the with the paprika, maybe even a full tablespoon of paprika. Just depends on what you like, and like one or two lemons, and then just you know a couple teaspoons, tablespoons of the the coconut oil, maybe three, four tablespoons even. You, you can't go wrong with the coconut oil, guys. Don't worry, okay? It's healthy. If you're using the cold press, unrefined coconut oil, can't go wrong with that. It's fucking amazing. Very very healthy. Mix it all together in a, in, a, in a bag, marinate it, marinate the chicken, leave it in your fridge for a couple hours, let it, let it soak in, let it marinate, and then you're ready to go. You can cook it on the pan, you can cook it in the oven, you can cook it in the air fryer. You can do that with wings. Get, get chicken wings and do that, and it's a healthy option. You can make your own guacamole. If you Google evolution.org guacamole recipe, You'll come up with a very simple recipe that I came up with. It's less, less than $4 to make. You can make that and use that as the dip for your wings. But really with this recipe, you don't even need any, anything, any sauce or anything because it tastes so good just doing it like that. So what I'll do is I'll put it in the air fryer, cook it on each side, flip them over every 10 minutes until it's done. It takes maybe 30, 35 minutes to cook. And you can do wings. So it's, again, an example of eating delicious food that's still healthy for you. 
versus going and getting wings at a restaurant that's smothered in sauce that has hydrogen oils, high fructose corn syrup, sugar, all this other crap that we don't want to be putting in our body. So this recipe that I'm giving you will make the party wings taste amazing. And I make these for people during football season um, and they love it. They're always asking me, oh, where'd you get these wings from? They thought I went and got it from like a restaurant or something. They couldn't believe that I actually made these wings on my own. They're so easy to make. And it's, 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 a, it's really, really delicious, guys. So I hate, I hate when people think that delicious food has to be unhealthy. I hate that because that's just people who don't know how to cook because they don't take the time. I'm not a chef. I never did any training as a chef. But I just gave you a simple recipe that anybody can do. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, uh, tiger sauce. Tiger sauce on wings will coat the outside of those wings perfectly. You put them on the grill, and you put the tiger sauce. When the wing is pretty well almost cooked, then you uh, start lathering the tiger, tiger sauce, and the tiger sauce just bonds to the outside of that wing perfectly. It's incredible. Tiger sauce I like a lot. You can find that at, at most supermarkets, if you, if you look, they have a good tiger sauce nowadays. All right, so our last topic is best cities for women. So I sent Rick a link for this. And, um, you know, it was in kind of an interesting link. It was off of Bloomberg. You guys can kind of Google it. Um, if you look it up and look up best cities for singles, Bloomberg, and you'll see kind of a map of the country. But what's interesting, Rick, is – East Coast, Midwest cities have the most single women ratio versus men. But then if you go to the West Coast, Rocky Mountains, West Coast, Texas, including Texas, it's the opposite. You have more single men than women ratio. So if you're a single guy, according to this, it makes more sense to be living in a big city on the East Coast, Philadelphia, New York City, Boston, Atlanta. Chicago, those types of cities, there's going to be a lot more single women than single men. But if you're living in Vegas or um, Texas, any city in Texas, like, uh, like, and then Los Angeles, San Diego, Seattle, again, a way more single men than women because it has a lot to do with the jobs. What's on the West Coast? A lot of tech jobs, a lot of industry jobs, a lot of military jobs, stuff like that. So that will attract more men. But on the East Coast, you have more jobs geared toward uh, female professionals. So you'll get a lot more single females. So let's say you're single, you want a new start in life. You know, that's where you want to go. Miami as well. Miami, if you like, if you like warm weather, you, wanna, you don't want to be in the cold. Miami, way more single women than single men. But, you know, it depends. Like if you move to Miami and you're living in a retirement community, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of single women living in your neighborhood, right, Rick? But it's not going to be the woman you want. So, you know, so you got to remember, you know, this isn't 100%, you know, a slam dunk here. So you have to kind of be aware of that. And then on the flip side, if you move to Miami and you get an apartment near a college, it's going to be all young 18, 19-year-old girls. So if you're 40 years old, I mean, I have no interest in dating a freaking 19-year-old. So it's going to be all 19-year-olds who just want to party and get drunk. So you got to kind of have to weigh it. So it just depends on your age. It depends on what you want. But the consistent thing is the younger you are as a man, 
the more hard it's going to be to find single women. But as you get older, the amount of single women will get bigger and bigger and bigger versus single men. It has a lot to do with men dying earlier, divorces, stuff like that. It all comes. Um, but I'm just giving you what the, what the website says. You guys can check it out and play around with it. It's, it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, what do you think about all this, Rick? What are the best cities for, uh, for women if you're a guy? You know, there is no best city. Just be the best dude. Be in good shape. Uh, be about your, your goals. Be about your be about everything your growth. Um, <clears throat> be well groomed. Haircut, ear cut. You know, be, you know, just be a well groomed, well dressed, well spoken individual. Be about your goals. Be about success. Be about getting places in life. That's it. And when you do get a good date, don't go in there talking about all about yourself. Don't go tell him about all, all about you. Be a man of mystery. Ask her about her. Uh, ask her about her history, her goals, her situation. Ask her about her life. Remember, re remember everything she told you. Repeat all the shit she says back to her. Don't go in there talking about yourself or what you've done and your accomplishments. Don't. Let her drag that shit out of you as the days go by, as the dates go by. Um, don't put yourself on a silver platter, no matter how much you like her. Uh, treat all the women the same. The ones you really, really like, treat them just the way you treat the ones you don't like as much. And that's about it, man. I mean, it's your girl situation, your female situation is going to be a lot like the economy. It's very personal. You know, you could be in a city where it seems like there is a lot of options, but look at the end of the day, you only need one, <laughs> you know, that's it. That's all you're looking for. So who cares how, how much they outnumber us by you just be the right guy. And that, that's it, man. I mean, um, you, you can tell, you can tell I'm a mathematical guy, Rick, I'd rather live in a city that has 300,000 more single women, my age and sing than single men than live in a city that like live in Vegas, for example, which has a hundred thousand more single men than women or 200,000 more single men and women. And, and most of the women there, I hope I'm not offending anybody. Most of the women there are probably like doing, you know, doing jobs. I'm probably going to have a problem with or working nights, maybe being a bartender, working all night, being a stripper, just doing a night job where it doesn't really match my. What's wrong? What's wrong with the scrippers, man? What's wrong with the scrippers? Dude, I'm a very conservative man. You know me. I, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't bring home a stripper. So are you saying you're not, you're not man enough? You're not strong enough to date a stripper? You'd be too insecure to date a stripper? Uh, I don't know if it's insecurity, but, you know, I know what I, I'm pretty so sure. Like, I, so, like when, when, so when Cardi V used to work at the club and she was just shaking that ass at the club and nobody knew who she was before she, before she recorded Bodak Yellow. Okay, you telling me if Cardi B, you wouldn't have dated Cardi B. But dude, I've dated. She, dude, I've dated a stripper before. I actually dated. Oh, so you a stripper dated before. strippers. Yeah, yeah, so I've dated a stripper before. Strippers, then what's the, what's the problem with going with, 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 with being in love? There's a difference with a between dating someone like that and like being in a long term relationship with them. That's not the same thing to me. That's not the same thing. So, so, so yeah. but do you get insecure that she would be at the club just hustle and hustle and hustle and no, would that um, like 
Are you insecure? Like they would do. Let's just put it this way: we had an open, we had an open relationship, and we both knew it. But we just didn't want to spend any of that money on you too, or or was she, or were you like having to spend money on her too? Mm, no, I don't think it really mattered, bro. Compared so to you other guys, people. didn't she so guys didn't have a relationship? You just wanted her tricks, basically. Uh, we we dated, bro. We go out to dinner and stuff like that. We hang out. But she you but cool. you were paying. But you were paying though, so that means like you. What you is this? You, what you, is this? The free? What are you? What? What? what I played the fifth going forward. <laughs> on the I played the fifth. Hustle, Listen, you hustle, you lived hustle, in Vegas. Hustle, hustle. You lived in Vegas. Honestly, was it easy to meet single women? I didn't go out in, in Vegas. So, uh, so but I'm sure in Vegas you had teachers, you had pe- women who had normal jobs in Vegas, nurses, teachers, stuff like that, right? It wasn't just all. I met girls at, I met girls at, at the gym. See, because I lived away from the strip. So I met girls like at the gym, met girls that worked at the gym. Um, I met girls that did other things like real estate and stuff like that. But I, you know, uh, I never, I was only, uh, I never got that down that crazy in Vegas socially. I brought girls over, over to Vegas that I met other places. I had girls from New York and girls from uh, Columbia that were visiting that came by Vegas. That was fucking cool, you know? But, uh, but as far as going out there try and throwing, you know, trying my luck out in Vegas. Look, when I, um, if you hit the strip on any given night and your game is right, you know, you can you can pick up a, a a girl that's just out there hanging out. Even she might have a boyfriend back home. What's her hourly actually, weight? That's actually not hard to do. Now, actual visitor girls, not the not a, a um not prostitutes because that that's even yeah. Because a lot of women just go out there together. They have like bachelorette yeah. parties, wet you know weddings. Yep. So they're just going out there. Yes. And there's, you know, there's their other girlfriend. You just get them in a groove. That's it's, the best way. It's, it, what's weird is that because people say things like what happens at Vegas stays in Vegas, because people say things like, oh, Vegas are crazy. Then women come in with this expectation that they maybe they've got to be naughty and maybe they've got to do something that should only stay in Vegas. Like it, 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 it breeds that mentality, funny enough. Yeah, that's true, buddy. Like oh, spring yeah. breaks breed that mentality, you know. If you if you tell someone, oh, spring break, you know, you you're gonna do crazy stuff. That's what, you know. Same thing with with uh with Vegas. People go there already with the expectation of anything can happen. You know, we might we might get into into drugs. We might get into hookers. We might get in. You know, people go there with that with that expectation, and so it it breeds you know it breeds more of that opportunity, especially with women. All right, guys. So, yeah, guys, listen, um, if you guys want to stick around, we have a quick story and uh, joke time. If you guys want to stick around after the credits and we will uh, we'll have that your way, guys. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Keep the questions coming. Right, Rick? That's right, guys. Keep hitting us up. Um, Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. 
All right, guys. So I'm going to tell my story. Um, I told a story on the last podcast, but it had to get cut. So I'm going to tell it again. It's a really, it's really, uh, it's a cop story. A lot of cop stories, but this is a cop story that happened to me. So I was on my way home from the, the doctor. I was trying to get home uh, pretty quickly because uh, I had to get back to work. And <clears throat> I'm driving on the highway, on the toll road, and I was merging. And I, it was a semi next to me. I was trying to get around the semi. So I speed up as fast as I can in the car. And my car went beep. My car said, if you're over 100, there's a beep. It's like a warning beep. So that warning beep went up. I was like, shit, I hit 100 miles an hour. I got around the semi, slowed back down. So then like a minute later, I'm driving, going about 80. And I see this cop behind me. Do, 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 pull, pulls me over. So I'm like, shit. I'm like, I, I hope he didn't get me going over 100. You know, I hope he only got me like going 80. Because it was like a 65 or 70 mile an hour zone. I was like, if he got me going 80 and a 70, maybe, you know, maybe he'll just give me a warning or something. So he pulls me over. And he comes around to the passenger side. He knocks on the window. And I, I turn down the, put down the window. And he's like, you know how you fast you're going? He's like, you're, you're driving over 100. I got you going 103 miles an hour. Give me your license. You could have killed someone out there. Your tire could blow, blah, blah, blah. He's like spitting, like spits coming out. He's like pissed. He's like, he's like you're in big trouble, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was like, this, this, he's like going nuts. He was this young redneck cop with a big mustache. You know, it was just a stereotype. And I was like, damn. I'm like, this dude's not going to have any mercy on me. I was like, I was going over 100. He wasn't like bullshit. And I was like, I'm fucked. Because in my state, if you over 100 – automatic jail automatic jail they tow your car you know and you're gonna be you're looking at a couple grand you know and court costs and having to pay the lawyer and all this stuff so i was like shit i'm screwed here so then he's got my license for like five ten minutes and i'm like i'm getting my shit together i'm like i'm going to jail i'm like i'm trying to like get get my stuff together get my cell phone and everything and then he comes back and he's like, he's like, you've got eight tickets in the past five years. Why shouldn't I take your ass to jail? And I'm like, sir, sir, please, please. I promise to be a good man for the future. Please don't take me to jail. And he's like, oh, he like breathes. Uh, Is that your uh, Persian accent? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please, sir, please. I'm like begging him, please don't take me to jail. And he like goes, oh, and he like hands me back my license he's like if i ever catch you going that fast again i'm taking you down the 45th street and he leaves and i'm like no ticket no nothing bro like if he he could have just wrote me a ticket going